In just minutes, death would strike again. The wax-colored skeleton, brandishing a heavy scythe in his left hand, would hit the bronze carillion with the ivory femur in his other hand, one clean hard stroke for each hour that had passed. Renowned wine expert Benjamin Cooker was waiting, oblivious to the crowd gathering around him. But when the Bavarian tourists began elbowing and pushing him, he could no longer enjoy the moment. He stepped away from the enraptured spectators who were cooing at the pudgy cherubs, one of them holding a bell and the other holding a sand clock, and ooing and ahhing over the intricately carved cabinet, the Latin inscriptions, and the midnight blue and gold face of the astronomical clock in the Cathedral of Our Lady of Strasbourg. Benjamin took refuge at the Pillar of Angels to the right of the gigantic clock. He leaned against it. The coolness of the stone sent a shiver down his spine, and for some odd reason he thought of Virgile, his assistant. Where was he? Already flirting with some pretty young tourist at the back of the cathedral, no doubt. Ah, well, he'd show up. Benjamin turned his attention to the tour guide. This was one of the seven wonders of Germany, when Alsace-Lorraine was still German territory, the guide said, before putting a finger to his lips to shush a pair of noisy visitors. The hand of the clock was about to reach twelve. Death, laughing at the face of time, banged out the twelve strokes of noon, setting off the automata. One by one, the twelve apostles appeared and processed in front of Jesus. Simon, who was called Peter, Andrew, Peter's brother, James, John, Philip, Bartholomew, Thomas, Matthew, the tax collector, James, Thaddeus, Simon, and Judas Iscariot. A rooster at the highest point of the cabinet crowed and flapped its wings three times during this processional march, and Benjamin recalled Peter's renouncement of Jesus. Before the rooster crows twice, you yourself will disown me three times, Jesus had told Peter the night before his crucifixion. The maker of this theatrical timepiece had been well versed in the Holy Scriptures. Another group had gathered near the throng of Germans, They were elderly, and from what he could hear, Benjamin surmised they were members of a club from Provence. Mother of God, one of them exclaimed, each time a new figure appeared in the allegorical theatre. Benjamin heard them call their guide by the name Jeanne. She had silver hair and laughing eyes, and clearly knew all about this cathedral and its timepiece. Her talk was peppered with intriguing and amusing anecdotes. He perked an ear and bristled when a few club members snickered at her German-like Alsatian accent. Legend has it that when this clock was completed, the astronomer who devoted his life to devising and building it had his eyes gouged out on the order of the city's magistrate. Why? a woman asked, holding her purse close to her chest. Jeanne narrowed her eyes and said quietly, So that the artist could not reproduce such a work of art anywhere else. Did he die? the purse-clutcher asked. You'll notice that I said, legend has it. Not all legends are true, the guide said, inspecting Benjamin, who had surreptitiously infiltrated her group. You, sir, you look like an educated man. 
Do you know if they really gouged out the eyes of the genius who created this clock? Benjamin felt the suspicious stares of the Provençal group, which did not recognize him as one of their own. Jeanne, however, took him by the arm as if to make him a privileged witness to the rest of her talk. So, my good fellow, tell me what you think. Um, to tell the truth, I've no informed opinion, Benjamin stammered. Jeanne pushed her glasses to the bridge of her aquiline nose, lifted her chin, and began pontificating. As a matter of fact, the astronomer was much too old by then to recreate such a work. He soon became deaf and was unable to hear the ticking of this mechanism created for the glory of God. He descended into madness and lost all sense of time.